For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> this is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Tuesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, Mac uh, Mullen and McDonald. Um, we've got two good guests coming your way, including the guy we haven't had out in a while, Jeff McLean. I can't tell you the last time he joined us, but uh, Johnny was able to reel him in. Uh, so we'll hear from uh, Jeff McLean in hour number two and our buddy Damo in hour number one. Uh, Johnny Mac, quick aside, I was on WIP last night. So after I have dinner, I start to write down a couple topics to talk about on the air. And my show sheet at like 7.30 looked like Eagles, 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 Eagles. Eagles. And I flipped on the Sixer game at no, well, 7 o'clock. No. Did not know we were going to be seeing history, a 70-point performance. And I tweeted out. Shoot, I don't even know what time it was, but uh, it was uh, mid-third quarter, somewhere thereabouts. I said, uh, for anyone not watching the Sixer game, you may want to tune in. Joel Embiid might hang a 70-burger tonight. And sure enough, he got exactly 70 points for the new all-time 76-1 game uh, record. He's just stone-cold scary. He can't be stopped. He's unstoppable. You got a younger guy, a more athletic guy coming into town, and he just took him out to the woodshed and beat the snot out of him. So... Definitely Captain Joel Embiid before we get Birds 365 underway. Yeah, I think he did. What did he, what he play? Like 36 minutes? He didn't even go into the 40. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I did, didn't play anywhere near 40 minutes. And sure enough, I get tweets afterwards. Yeah, so what? He hasn't gotten out of the second round yet. Don't be a douche. Why, why do you have to do that on the night where he's putting up an, a franchise record? Those people are, are douches. Uh, yeah. There are some in the fan base uh, on yeah, all they, sides. 
can enjoy, and that, you know, hey, can enjoy 10 and 1, the most miserable team. We're going to be talking to Jeff. And it turned out to be right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Be yeah, careful. Was. When you can't enjoy something, be careful. You know, I, I, I sudden, was, you don't enjoy anything. Right. I was annoyed last night when I got that. Before the damn game was over, even over, I got a tweet. Kick it out. Wake me when I get to the second round. Uh, all right, fine. Uh, he had to use the Eagles as a reference to make the point. Thanks, John. You're right. Well, there were some people going, oh, so what? They're 10 and 1. Who cares? They can't beat up on teams. And they did kind of get that one right. All right. But the repercussions are being felt now after the collapse of 10 and 1 into the end of the season morass that the Philadelphia Eagles fell into. Our very own Derek Gunn reporting early yesterday, shortly after we got off the air, as a matter of fact, D-Gunn, you couldn't do it at like 930 instead of... Hey, come on, D-Gunn. We got to get D-Gunn on the show, by the way. Remind, you, yeah, remind me of that. You get your info when you get your info, and apparently got it just after we wrapped up Birds 365. But not only are the Eagles going to need a new defense quarter, that was pretty well known for the time Matt Patricia took over the play card that uh, Sean Desai wasn't going to be back this year. Um, but he is going to be joined in the unemployment line by Brian Johnson, the Eagles offensive uh, play caller. It's not official yet. And I don't even know if it'll be official tomorrow because you and I talked about this the debate on whether Johnson yeah. could, would, should be back. Um, and you said the Eagles are trying to do the right thing by him. Don't want to uh, rain down on his parade while he's uh, out there uh, looking for a head coaching position and getting interviews for it. Um, you're probably right, and I'll give the Eagles at least partial credit for that. Don't kid yourself. Part of it is if he gets a head coaching job, they'll get compensatory draft picks. Yeah, that factors in as well, Yeah, um, which is another part of the patience aspect, by the way, because the same would have been true of Sean Desai if you um, if you let him grow on the job and he gets you know another job down the line. So, yeah. Eagles pulled the plug early, and they're going to pull the plug early. Well, they pulled it really early on Sean Desai, but they're going to plug it early on both of them and uh, unplug it. And, yeah, I think it's reactionary to be kind, and we'll we'll talk about that a lot. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think they have a luxury they're not taking advantage of that a lot of teams don't have, Jody, and that's What's that? the fan base is so loyal. Look, they can overcome hiccups. People say, "I'm gonna, I'm not gonna watch." I'm not. They're gonna watch. They're gonna turn in. They're, they're not gonna have trouble paying tickets, right or wrong. They have a luxury. Some other cities, that's not the case. They got to literally sell things to the fan base. They have to sell. You know, I was talking to a Carolina reporter about Brian Johnson down there, and he said, "Well, that's a tough sell." That is a tough sell in Carolina. I mean, you can't bring Brian Johnson in. You can't, especially after that collapse, especially what they've been doing. They need to sell their fan base or they won't sell tickets. They won't sell merchants. That's not the case here. The Eagles have a luxury a lot of other teams don't have, and I think they don't take advantage of it, to be blunt. No, I, I, yeah, you and I see this a little differently. I don't call it a luxury because they earned it. They went to the Super Bowl just last year. It isn't like you can suck for a decade and they're still going to fill the house every single year. The Eagles haven't stunk for a decade. They, they've been a Super Bowl, but then they come back down. They make the play, then they come. They're up and down, which you'd rather just see continuous uh, success year after year after year. 
but it isn't like they've been down for years and are trying to dig their way. No, they've been good. So when well, I don't I disagree. Yeah, I don't you use the word earn. I don't disagree with that. They've earned it, but they have it. That that's, that's my point. And that's why I can't call it a luxury. If you haven't earned it, if you if you're just a bad team and year after year after year they come out because they're football crazed and that's just what they do, they support the team, then I would use the word luxury to describe all right, it. All right, well, take the word luxury off. They still have it. They're they in that position. It. Yes, you're right about and, that. And, and and they don't use it like they could, or at least in my opinion. Look, maybe behind the scenes, these two guys were completely overmatched and didn't deserve. That's possible. That's possible. Um, what were you doing hiring them, if that's mm-hmm. the case? But right. no, nonetheless, I guess it's possible. But what, whatever term you want to use to describe the situation, they're in the situation. They have that ability to do what they want to do and to be patient if they want to be patient and do something unpopular at the moment, if it's unpopular in the moment, and they're just as reactionary as everybody else, as all the teams that don't have it, and which I think is is a flaw. And I pretty said pretty consistently, when you compare them to other organizations, this is a good organization. I'm not coming off that stance. It's still a good organization when you compare them to everybody else. But they're way too reactionary. They they are, and and this is not one time because you, you can go back to Doug Peterson. It's not that long ago. They are way too reactionary when expectations aren't met. It's just my opinion. Okay. And uh, you and I are a little off on this one. I think they showed some pretty good patience, at least they have as of this point, and I don't think it's changing. Keeping Nick Sirianni as head coach. Reactionary mm. would have been coming in and firing everybody. Sirianni, the coordinators, clear out the coaching staff because of a six out of seven collapse the year after going to a Super Bowl. Then I would have been there with you hand in hand going, man, this team is overreactionary. They can't let it cook a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm going to say that I have a problem with neither of the coordinators being fired. Even though well, it was can just I say on, on your Sirianni point, yes, you could have obviously fired the coach. I would argue if you're going to force him to fire the coordinators, you should have fired the coach. Then I think it becomes maybe not reactionary. Then I think you're lauding into dumb territory. Because now, to me, you're delaying the inevitable. You you have a head coach with no power, with coordinators he doesn't want and he's not comfortable with. You're delaying the inevitable. That that that's even worse to me. If you want to if you want to show the courage of your convictions, and say, guess what? These guys had an historic collapse. They, they didn't show any evidence of being able to turn it around. I'd have more respect than that. I'd still call it reactionary. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm always honest. I, I would have called it reactionary. But now you're you're trying to straddle the fence, and you're reactionary in one part, and you're just flat out dumb on the other because now you got Nick Sirianni coaching for his job with coaches he doesn't trust or have a relationship. Now, maybe – He's allowed to pick the next coordinators. Maybe Nick Sirianni is on board with firing everybody, but does anybody believe that? I I don't know. I don't believe that. I I don't either. I think the the onus came down from above. But, yeah, I know. I'm straddling a fence here. I'm okay with the straddle. I really am. I think that 
Sirianni might be able to, and we'll find out. We'll find out early, as a matter of fact. One of the questions I got written down here to ask Johnny Mac today is, how hot is the seat at the start of the season? Oh, it's it's certainly hotter than you want it to be before you've ever played a game. That's just the situation and the circumstance they're in because uh, this is a season they made to try and keep him. He's starting off on a pretty damn hot seat. But live up to it, Nick. You you know the you know the expectations coming in. You know where you're at. You know what your status is as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. You got to reestablish yourself. And maybe maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm going to be proven way wrong. I'm okay with going down that road. And here's one of the reasons why. I hope uh, Howie Roseman, Jeff Florio aren't watching right now. Do you have faith, John, if they had fired Sirianni, that they would have hired one of the coaches who've already established themselves in the National Football League? No. Who were proven no. winners. No. So zero. you're just going to get another guy coming in who's never been here before with no continuity whatsoever, and he's just going to be dictated to anyway. So why not keep the guy who's already here, has already taken you to a Super Bowl, rather than hire some other young offensive coordinator, uh, boy genius uh, schema, who are just going to take orders from above anyway? Why would you go there rather than just keep serious? Because, and and I, I agree with you completely on that specific uh, subject because they're not bringing in Bill Belichick. They're not no. even bringing in Mike Rabel or somebody like that. They bring in the next Nick Sirianni or Doug Peterson, first time head coach, maybe not even on the radar, maybe not even getting interviews elsewhere. I always say everybody has got the same five names they interview. The Eagles might go off that script, but you're going to have another Nick Sirianni. So I agree with you there. The problem is there's stages to it. And I, I joked about it yesterday, the Kubler-Ross model, which is the five stages of grief. Well, the Eagles have five stages of coaching, and we're now at stage four, and that's the scapegoating phase. And there's only one stage left, and we all know what that is. That's acceptance, and he's out of here. Um, it, it, they have stages. They go back to stage one. There's a little bit. We talked about the difference between Doug Peterson at the end and Nick Sirianni at the beginning. You know, Nick, uh, all right, you want Shane Steichen? Have at it. You want Kevin Petullo? Have at it. You want Jason Michael? Have at it. You got to keep Jeff Stoutland. Um, we're going to go out and find Brian Johnson to you and pretend we didn't like him uh, uh, when when it's uh, <laughs> when it looks good for us. And that wasn't a Nick Sirianni guy, Brian Johnson. Um, Sean Desai was found by Howie Roseman. And, and had to be approved, bunch of different coaches. Um, so there's stages to it. And at least you go back to stage one. Right now we're in stage four. And that's, as I said, that's the scapegoating phase. And we've seen some of the scapegoats. We're going to see plenty more. It's not only going to be Brian Johnson. It's going to be assistants. Um, they're going to gut the defensive staff. Uh, you know, Alex Tanney, I, I, who, who Nick, took a very good liking to. I, I find it hard to believe he's going to be back. Um, there's going to be other offensive coaches. And now you've created this system. You've created this situation where the, the, the head coach has to coach for his job with a bunch of guys. He doesn't necessarily have a relationship for it. Maybe he develops trust. It's not impossible. It all comes down to personnel anyway. Maybe Howie makes a bunch of good decisions in the offseason. They get a bunch of good players and they overcome it. But boy, it doesn't look good. 
And boy, he looks like a lame duck. And that's another thing. If you're looking for these hot candidates, and, and maybe that's a good thing, to be honest. If you have options, you're not coming here unless you, you, you want a vacation in the Delaware Valley for a year. Because if you have options, you're going to say, eh, I don't want them. I don't want them. Uh, you, you might have kids. You, you might have a wife. You got to. You have all that kind of personal upheaval, and then you're out the next year. You, you, so you get the Ron Rivera types, who's a family friend of the Lorries and things like that. It wouldn't surprise me if he's the defensive coordinator and he's the defensive co-head coach. Where else is Ron Rivera going? Nice man. I think he's been a good coach for a very long time. I still think he's a good football man. But we know how this league works. He doesn't have a ton of options. Uh, and that's the course of action the Eagles are in. And they put themselves, Jeffrey Lurie and Howard Roseman, put themselves in this box. Here's where I don't accept the lame, lame duck descriptions. He's got two years to run on his contract. Lame duck is a guy with one year left on his contract. Is he on a hot seat to start a season? Yeah. And you'd prefer not to have your coach start the season on a hot seat. Lame duck is different for me, and I know we're in a kind of semantical spitting match here, but I do think there's a uh, significant. Well, whatever you want to call it, call it hot seat. Then, yeah, you know, if he's going to be if he's going to be fired after the year, and if I'm looking, if I'm a defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, for instance, because he's a bit of a hot name, bunch of people wanting him. Um, I don't know why he bounces around, but nonetheless, he's got options. Um, you know, in theory, would you rather go to Philadelphia in this history or Jacksonville in that history with the cons? My buddy, Tony Khan. God bless you, Tony, but you don't have the history of the Philadelphia I, Eagles. I'm going to speak for Mr. Nielsen here to answer your question before you even finish it. Um, just guessing and speculating here. He did a smart thing, not because he chose Jacksonville over Philadelphia, because he chose the Jaguars defensive talent over the Eagles defensive talent. That's part of it, too. And I would hope that anybody who has a choice between two jobs doesn't go, all right, my job's that the I'm 82% secure in Jacksonville for a second year. I'm only 76%. No, if you think you could coach, if you think you're good, if you think you're going to win and get the job done, you're not going to lose your job if you then go get the job done. I like the talent on Jacksonville's defense better than Philadelphia. That's why I would choose well, Jacksonville. The Eagles, arguably, the Eagles arguably had the worst you know, defense in the NFL at the end of the season. So I'm not going to argue that, but you can, that kind of stuff can change again. If Howie has a good off season, makes a good couple. Right. Decisions. But you got to make the decision in the moment. Then you look at the, look at both teams rosters. And I, I, I'm just I saying, I, I'm saying a defensive coordinator with options. I'm not coming here. I'm not coming here because I think the head coach is on a, on lame duck on a hot seat, whatever adjective you want to use or descriptor you want to use. I'm not coming here if I have options because it looks like unless he – and remember, the expectations are part of it as well. And the expectations – they might not be Super Bowl or bust, but they're going to be pretty significant That's because fair. it's Philadelphia. Um, the expectations are out of whack too, so the likelihood he turns it around. Yeah, if I have options. If I don't, there's only 32 of these jobs. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. But if I have options – I'm probably looking in a, in another direction. The more interesting conversation we're going to have, and we're in the defensive side because the side was left uh, sent out the door first, is the offense. Because that's where you really, truly can go. 
And how long is Nick Sirianni going to be in position? Am I going to be the baby thrown out with the bathwater when they fire Sirianni at the end of the year? The Eagles have offensive talent. And if you're an offensive order, play caller coming in to take over this team, you should have some confidence you can get the job done. Defense and offense are a different conversation for me with where the Eagles are at roster-wise as of right now. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We see Paul Dunwich. What? A plain shirt on Paul Dunwich? Are you kidding me? Of course, Domo doesn't have a plain shirt on. He's ready to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. It is Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That's Paul Domowitz, who contributes on jacobsports.com with his stat pack. 
about the Eagles this Oh, shoot. The Eagles aren't playing this week. I forgot. Uh, just slipped my mind. Uh, Davo, I'm going to ask you to make a prediction to start today's show. Wednesday, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman are going to take a podium together and ask his question, answer questions from guys like John McMullen. Um, they'll have uh, certainly a uh, an opening statement or they'll give their opinion and or information on certain things before they open it up for questions. Is there a chance, what's the percentage chance that they don't even mention Nick Sirianni's job status until they get to the questions? That they just power ahead and We've made coordinate changes and the end of the season wasn't good enough. We know we got to get that. They don't even broach the fact that Sirianni's job was discussed within the inner sanctum. Now, do we know? I mean, is uh, Howie supposed to be at this press conference? Yes, Howie and Nick together. Yeah, I don't think it'll be mentioned until it's asked, but they know it's going to be the first question asked. Yeah, it is, and we'll see. We'll stand, and how he will have to answer it uh, for Nick, and then you get to see squirming. There's nothing better than podium squirming, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Um, so when when we do hear from Howie Roseman, optimistic, pessimistic, best spin, attempt at humor, what are we going to get out of Howie? Um, a certain amount of optimism with a certain amount of admissions that they made mistakes that need to be corrected and that uh, they feel they'll be uh, a contender again next year. Boy. Yeah. That's a tough sell. Well, it's not a tough sell to think they will be a contender depending on what you think contender is. They'll certainly be a, a contender for a playoff spot. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be in a position to be a, a Super Bowl contender again. We'll have to see how the personnel goes, but I don't know if you heard us talking in the opening segment at all, Damo. I look at this like you're straddling the fence. You're delaying the inevitable. This is a clear indication. Unless you're buying that Nick Sirianni's involved with the coaching decisions moving forward, and I'm sure he'll get, you know, he'll be involved in the sense he'll get to talk to the guys, but it seems to me they're going to say, all right, this is your defensive coordinator. And if it's not Jim Bob Cooter or Mike McCoy, that's really what you got to focus on, the offensive line. And if it's not a Sirianni guy, Frank Reich would be the most obvious. Don't know where Frank is and what he wants to do. But if it's not a Sirianni guy, that's a disaster waiting to happen, isn't it? You got a coach coaching for his job who has no power essentially it's jason garrett without yeah. jerry jones yeah uh you know I, I mean i don't know you know what's going on in, in howie and, and jeff's mind right now as far as whether they think this guy is playing for his job uh, coaching for his job next year or whether they're going to try to help him with people that they genuinely feel he can relate to and is comfortable with i mean if let's just say defense they bring in ron rivera i mean ron yeah, Jeffrey's wife's wife's scalping partner. Exactly. <laughs> he's the perfect he's the perfect defensive coordinator for them, for a lot of reasons, including that he's very good. Uh, but does 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 Nick feel he's a threat? Do, do they care if Nick feels he's a threat? Uh, probably not. I mean, I you know, I mean, Ron, a guy like Ron Rivera has been around a long time. He's not going to be, uh, you know. Yeah, he's a good dude. Stabbing, stabbing, I don't, I don't, he's not going to be stabbing people. In the right. Back. But, um, you know, I mean, I've 
thought about guys like Clint Kubiak. Um, oh, boy, is, you're bringing you're bringing the Kubiak Shanahan offense. You go. Oh, oh, oh. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I don't think they. I think they're they're. I think he's on double secret probation right now, so yeah. he doesn't really have a say in in what's going to happen here. If they strongly believe in who they want to hire as the offensive and defensive coordinators, he'll say, "Okay, boss." And oh, by the way, last time the powers <clears throat> that be above the coach dictated the coaching staff. Two years in, they were in the Super Bowl and won it with Doug Peterson because uh, I've heard from John McMullen too many times right here on the show. Doug came in and said, coaching staff, yeah, whatever you want, Howie. I'm good. You're giving me the big whistle. That's fine by me. Whatever you want to hand me as far as assistant coaches go. Yeah, and they made it work. So that's what Sirianni's going to be tasked with. He's going to have to make it work with the coaching staff being put together by different timing though, different timing. Like the, I said, it's like the Kubler Ross model instead of stages of grief, Damo stages of coaching. Yeah. The Eagles are at stage four, which is scapegoating. Now when Doug got to stage four, it was over. Um, That's where we are. When Doug was at stage one. Yeah. He was like, all right, Jim Swartz. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. That's a great co-head coach, great defensive coordinator, and they had some tremendous success. They're not in the same stage here. They're they're going backwards on Nick Sirianni. They're bending and buttoning him. (laughs) Yeah. This is is, – I mean, they have to go into all of this, and and I'm guessing they're smart enough to realize this. They've got, I mean, they're going to be taking a step back next year before they can take two steps forward. I mean, they know how many people they've got to replace or upgrade, or especially on defense um, and the things they need to change. I mean, I, I don't, no matter what they say on Wednesday about, you know, we feel we can be, a, you know, a competitive team next year and, and they can be a competitive team, but I mean, there, there's so much that, that how he has to do right during the off season, uh, you know, can he, I, I guess he's had, you know, before the 2017 Super Bowl, you know, everything he touched that, that off season turned to gold. Uh, so maybe he can do it again, but I mean, boy, there's, there's just a lot of people they need to replace on defense. They've got some key moves they've got to uh, make on offense. And, and then you're talking about two new coordinators. So. Well, so that that's kind of my thing. Why not fire the coach just because you don't want to pay an extra seven million dollars? Why, why? Why? Show the courage of your convictions. It's a disaster. You're changing both coordinators. You're going to voice new coordinators. Thanks, Jody. I'm using voice now. Um, uh, it, 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 just show the courage of your convictions. Yeah, I all out. I mean, I think Jeffrey feels a the guy deserves another chance. Uh, and B, he doesn't want to admit he made a mistake. I mean, a mistake that got them to the Super Bowl last year and the playoffs the last three years, but now, yeah. now he's not good enough. Well, I want to make it clear. I don't agree with him. I think yeah. Nick Sirianni should be back, but I also think he should have some power if he's back. And it's trending, for me at least, in a negative direction. Maybe he does. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. But it certainly seems like they're going in a in a in a negative direction to me. It's going to be really interesting to listen to Nick tomorrow. I mean, he, 
I'm, I'm assuming since he still has his job, he's admitted, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes this year when he's talked to Nick and uh, to uh, Howie and Jeff and that he's willing to make changes and let them uh, guide him through this, uh, you know, some areas where maybe Doug was like at the near the end of his rope. Maybe he's not. He's willing, you know, because he I, I think he's willing to do whatever they tell him he should do right now. Cool. Uh, all right, here's, here's where I'm at with the whole power base for Nick Sirianni. How much has he really lost? Do we really believe that Sean Desai was purely his hire? That Howie Roseman didn't, like, tee him up on a, a, a play for Nick to say yes about? Howie went out and got him. Howie brought him into the interview process. Did Nick hire him or did Nick say, all right, Howie, wink, wink, nod, nod. You like this, the side guy. Yeah, he's my dude defensive coordinator. Brian Johnson wasn't a Sirianni guy. Howie brought him in and said, what do you think about this guy for quarterback coach? Oh, okay. I guarantee you it was a Howie and Nick decision to elevate him to offensive coordinator. How much power has Sirianni really lost? I don't think he's ever, I don't think he ever had the power. Yeah, Kevin Petulo. You want Kevin Petulo to be your offensive uh, consultant, whatever. Yeah, they they give him certain hiring just to add to his staff. But the key ones, the coordinators, whatever, I think they've been all Eagle hires, not Sirianni hires anyway. So how much has he really lost if he never had it to begin with? Well, well Shane, Shane certainly was. I mean, yeah. Shane was a Nick guy. The Desai hire, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not a cold call here. Uh, Vin, Vince, uh, Vic Fangio was, was here all last season, so yeah. this was a Vic Fangio hire, if anything. I More mean, Vic, anything, yep. Vic said, you know, this is the guy you want. He's, you know, he's my young protege. He's gonna, you know, you like my defense. This guy's gonna, you know, gonna gonna coach it, and uh, he's, you know, I think he's gonna be a very successful coach. And and you know, I mean, Sean Desai. I mean, you go back to Sean McDermott. You know, they fired him. Uh, for reasons that had nothing to do with his ability. But he went on and became a terrific defensive coordinator and a head coach. Uh, so you can't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to suggest they made a mistake with Sean Desai. Maybe he just wasn't ready for this situation, whatever. Uh, the, the mistake, the gross mistake was was uh, pulling the plug on his play calling and, and putting Matt Patricia in charge. And Matt Patricia was a, was a Howie guy. I mean, yes. how relationship yes. is why he's on this staff. I don't know, you know, and, and that's where, you know, whether Matt was forced on him, uh, I, I would guess he was, but but uh, I would think that Nick thought, well, what's the harm? He's just going to be kind of hanging around as an advisor, sort of. Uh, <laughs> and next thing Oops. you know, Oops. and then he's called to plays. Yeah. Yeah. Offensively, I mean, Brian Johnson's promotion seemed like a no-brainer. Uh, and by the way, I think that was more driven by Jeffrey and Howie not yeah. wanting to lose Brian Johnson than Nick. Nick probably would have at least interviewed some different people, at least considered yeah. um, some different people. I think that was um, put upon him as well. So I, I, I think a lot of this, they already have, and by they, I mean Howie and Jeffrey already have their fingerprints. To Jody's point, Shane was completely a... Nick Sirianni hire. Yeah. I, I, I don't say that about Jonathan because they were going to hire him anyway, but he was completely fine with Jonathan Gannon. He was a, a Sirianni guy as well. Um, 
But to me, the biggest problem is they're caught up in the scheme, the Fangio scheme, <laughs> as you mentioned. They're chasing a scheme. When you Generally, when you're chasing a trend, you're behind. I think they have been behind. And I think that was a big mistake. And they went, that's why they went with, as you mentioned, Sean Desai, because he's a direct Fangio disciple. Yeah. Um, the new defensive coordinator, I assume, whether it's Ron Rivera or somebody else, is going to be given autonomy and saying, I don't care what you want to run, Nick. Uh, we tried that. Yeah. And that all of a sudden is different. And different, I guess, doesn't necessarily have to be bad. But at this stage, after you've won 67% of your games, after, after you've made the playoffs three consecutive times, these are rare things in the NFL, as you know, Damo. You deserve more. You do. And if I'm Nick Sirianni and I go home to South Jersey every night and I finally turn off the light, I go, man, these bleeping bleeps. That's what I would do. Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't. Then, then have, here's, here's what I would say to Nick Sirianni if that's the case. Do a Doug Peterson. Tell him no. Say no. If either... You let me make my coaching. I, I, but to be honest, I, uh, to be honest, I would have done that because, and people could say, well, you don't want to walk away from seven million dollars. Well, I just made twenty-one million dollars, so I have some. In theory, Nick's got a lot of kids, but I think he's still got some money in the bank. And oh, by the way, somebody else is going to hire this guy right away, because other people aren't insane and think six sixty-seven mm. and three playoff berths aren't accomplishments uh here in philadelphia they're considered disappointments because of the expectations everywhere else they're that's pretty damn good guys it's not like this guy's gonna have trouble getting another job i would have dug peterson the eagles i would have said you know what no uh uh-uh but you know that's up to nick obviously yeah, you know, I mean, the, the bottom line is, and it had nothing to do with money. I mean, there are only 32 of these jobs in the league, and you better be pretty confident you're going to get a, get another one sometime. I, if I'm next, I'm very confident I'm getting another. Yeah. Maybe take a year, like because uh, of the timing. See, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I, I would think it might take more than a year if he if he just walked away. Uh, I wasn't even sure Doug was going to get another chance. It just. You know, I mean, he he did not get a lot of interviews until Jacksonville finally uh, came around and and brought him down. And, and you know, I mean, it made sense that you know, I mean, I didn't think it would be as difficult. But you sit out a year. Um, sometimes people forget you. Um, so, you know, I I can't see Nick doing that. I mean, he knows he made mistakes last year. Oh, him. sure. I'm not. Uh, he's made a ton of mistakes, yeah. but. I think if you look at the step back and get off the emotion of the collapse, and it was a collapse. It was ugly. Every, everything about it was ugly. I, I I, think, I just said, I think he did a terrible job with the defense, a terrible job. And the Patricia decision, I think people that do want Nick fired, that's your bullet point. That's your number one. Forget about the offense. That was such a disastrous decision. Yeah. Um, and then you can get to the offense and 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 all the issues and not being able to adjust and all tons of mistakes. But yeah. but if if we all acknowledge that that was the biggest mistake and we all do, um, that I think is a big reason why Sirianni's still here. Because you know who knows they made that decision? 
Jeffrey and Howie, if, and we still don't know 100%, but I, with every passing day, I become more sure in my own mind. That was foisted upon him by Howie Roseman and by Jeff Laurie that he had to make Patricia the play caller. If they know they did that to him, and that was the biggest uh, domino that fell all year long, you going to make Sirianni pay the price for that? I tend to agree with you, Jody. I mean, I, I think the, the the Patricia move uh, was more them than him, uh, which is why, I mean, I, I mean, I have more, I find more, as, as disastrous as that was, my concerns with Nick were the lack of changes he made, the lack of adjustments he made offensively. He's an offensive yeah. coach. Um, and he, you know, he knew teams were going to adjust to his offense last year. And there was a certain amount of arrogance over the success they had the year before that he figured, bring it on, bring it on. We're ready for it. We can handle anything you throw at us. And they couldn't they, because they didn't make the adjustments to deal with, with what off, uh, defenses did against them. I think that's yeah. a fair critique of the coach. I agree. I agree with that. Um, but from the offensive perspective, and I can't tell you how many times Nick Sirianni has praised uh, it in, in this framework. This is my offense. As long as I'm here, it's going to be my offense, whether it's Shane, Brian, Kevin, Mike McCoy, Jim Bob Cooter, Frank Reich. It's going to be Nick Sirianni's offense. If it's not Nick Sirianni's offense completely, how does that not create a disconnect? Not saying it should be, but that's been his belief. And he constantly says, no matter who's calling the plays, this is my offense. Um, if all of a sudden it is in his offense, as I said, then you have Jason Garrett clapping on the sidelines. What are you doing? You're yeah. the game management coach. You're the game management specialist. That, that, that's a concern for, from my perspective because I don't think it's sustainable when you have that kind of situation with a head coach who doesn't believe because he believes in himself, whether he should or shouldn't. That's a separate converse, conversation. But he believes in himself, and then you're saying, eh, we're going to scrap your offense and go to insert name. Well, this is what I know. I mean, he knows – he made enough mistakes that no matter who is his offensive coordinator last year, I guarantee you we're going to see a couple different noticeable different things. There's going to be a lot more motion. <laughs> I mean, whether it's it, whether he puts it in or the coordinator he hires puts it in and, and they're going to, they're going to figure out, Hey, you know, site adjustments really work against blitzes sometimes. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have a plan for, for how to deal with blitzes and they're going to make sure that the Jalen understands it. And, you know, take it from there. Uh, I mean, there are going to be changes regardless of who puts them in, whether it's his offensive coordinator that he hires or him. Here's where I think keeping Sirianni, you can make the argument for doing just that. What changed on the offense this year? Dami, your critique was on point. Shame on Peter. Uh, shame on Nick. He came in with a little too much bravado about my offense and my offense got us to the Super Bowl. And when other teams started doing other things against him, he didn't have an answer. There was no plan B. So you're right. Shame on him for that. But it was the Isaac Samalu 
The 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 removal of I, Isaac Samalu is the reason the line fell apart. He's a good player, Isaac. By the way, don't. He's a but solid I'm not. Player. How I'm much there. of a drop off between Isaac Samalu and Cam Jerkin? Certainly there was some, but to to bring the offense crumbling down like it was, I don't think so. Wide receivers the same, tight end the same. Add Swift, subtract Miles Sanders. That's pretty much even as far as I'm concerned. What was the only change on offense? Brian Johnson calling the plays. Otherwise, it was the same offense that went to the Super Bowl the year before. I think the Eagles are hanging their hat on. Yeah, Brian Johnson did a lousy job of calling the plays, despite the fact, and this is where uh, Sirianni really actually does have a problem. He proved himself to be a liar this year. So anytime Nick says anything going forward, I'm going to have to scratch my chin and go, all right, is that the truth? Or is he just telling us what we need to hear? Is that the truth? Or he's just telling his bosses what they need to hear. I don't know how much I trust the guy in what he says anymore. He said it was his offense. Maybe he did give Brian Johnson hands off. And he just did a lousy job calling plays, Damo. Is that possible? Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, I see two things uh, with regard to Brian Johnson. One, if, 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 if he had to navigate within the, const- the, the, the construction of this offense, um, and that's Nick's offense. So, you know, my problem with Brian this year was he and, and, and the quarterback who he's known since he was four years old could not get on the same page. And I, I just don't understand how that could happen, except that their relationship changed when he went from quarterbacks coach, which is kind of like a buddy and advisor to an offensive coordinator who's now like, you know, you do this, this is going to work. You run it. And, 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 and I don't think Jalen ever believed a lot of that, uh, certainly towards the, as the season went along and things weren't working, he was making changes on his own. Uh, secondly, if, if Nick had a problem at any point, why didn't he just take over the play calling duties? Oh, I, suge- uh, I suggested it a couple times during the year that he should go down that road, specifically after he pushed Patricia to the press box. Yeah. Well, now, now be a real man, step up and take over the play calling. I mean, that Andy, Andy Reid did, you know, over the course of his career, has taken the, the play calling duties and given them back. Yeah, to, he'll, he'll do it in game. He'll give them yeah. a quarter. <clears throat> and there's been no yeah, there's been no hard feelings, especially with a young guy. No. Uh, why didn't he do that? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, there are so many questions that don't have answers in this whole thing, including like who do we blame? Whether Howie yeah. made him do things, uh, whether Jeff made him do. Th- I mean. We're not going to get answers tomorrow either because it's going to be, you know, this is a, this is a, no, we're this, not, this uh, collaboration thing. You know, we're both at fault or we're both to blame. Your old, uh, colleague, uh, Jeff McLean, who is going to be on with us in the second hour, Damo, uh, confirms Derek Gunn's report that Brian Johnson will not be returning, but also says Jim Bob Cooter, uh, won't be among, the top candidates so some extra news from uh jeff that we'll talk about in a few minutes but uh there's another indication of well you know that's a nick guy jim bob cooter um maybe they're going in a different direction now we've been talking about the coaches understandably so but you mentioned the quarterback the quarterback's a part of this the quarterback's relationship with brian johnson Sometimes I think it was overblown. I mean, yeah. you're, you're right. People brought bring that up. 
It's not like Brian Johnson was hanging out with Jalen Hurts when he was four. He met him. You know, you're a high school kid. You're not paying attention to a four-year-old. You meet him at practice. You tap him on the head and you move on. You know, his recruiting of Jalen Hurts, he didn't get him either time. You know, he recruited him, but he lost. Yeah. So sometimes I think that was overblown and maybe he's fine with it. But then again, maybe he's not fine with it. Does this open up a whole can of worms with the quarterback who's having the first time in his life he's had a downgrade? People talked about it all the time. He's improved, 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 improved. All of a sudden, you have the first down tick, and now you're messing with his coaches and the guys who are advising him. How how, how does it work with the quarterback? I think everybody's kind of glossing over that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I don't know. You know, we don't know what Jalen's thinking right now. He certainly last week uh, was was fine with with Brian coming back. Uh, he endorsed him along with Nick. Um, you know, part of me wonders if 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 Brian's firing. And I I, ref, I made reference earlier to Sean McDermott's leaving. If you were, I mean, you guys remember how it went. I mean, they just felt that he was he was under Jim Johnson's shadow at the time. I mean, Jim had passed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that he just couldn't handle the, the pressures. Uh, and, and I'm wondering if they're thinking, you know, this guy is right now, he is uh, the scapegoat of the entire Eagles nation. They're blaming him for everything. You know, maybe he needs to go somewhere else and get a fresh start and we need to find a new <laughs> offensive coordinator. Maybe that's how they look at this rather than, you know, we need to make a change here because Brian Johnson's not good enough. Uh, I don't know. Again, that's a question and an answer we won't get for a while. Um, but, you know, I mean, you saw a situation with, with Sean uh, McDermott when he got fired. I mean, Andy went out and and, and helped him get another job. He, he called yeah. Ron Rivera up yeah. and said, hire him as your defensive coordinator. And Ron did. And the rest is history. Um, so I don't know how, you know, I, I've got to believe this. I can't believe they would just say to you know that the, the Jalen would be firm on wanting Brian back, and them saying sorry, buddy, uh, we don't care how much we're paying you as quarterback. Uh, we need to make a change here. So I, you know, I've got to believe that, that that he's on board to some degree or feels this is not his fight. Uh, you know, uh, because it's 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 a difficult. You don't want to aggravate. Jalen hurts no matter how poorly he played this season because you're paying him $55 million a year. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. But he also is coming from a down year. He's going to have a lesser season working with Brian Johnson. Go, don't you dare fire my friend as the yeah. offense quarter. Yeah. If I were Howie Roseman or Jeff Laurie, I'm not being dictated to by a guy who's just had the worst yeah. year of his career. <clears throat> well, I don't think that's one where I'm I'm willing to take a stance. If I'm Jeff Floyd, I can do it, take whatever damn stamps I want. It's my team. Yeah, I'm taking a stance on that one. I'm not going to be dictated to my quarterback who had his worst year ever. That's why I don't think that happened. I mean, I really think a part of Jalen, they told Jalen, listen, you know, Jalen acknowledged knows that that there were times when he, you know, a lot of times this year when he didn't agree with with the play calling, with what Brian was telling him. So maybe he, you know, in his, he's, I would have to believe he's accepted that it's better if Brian goes somewhere else. Because uh, I don't, you're right. I mean, I don't think he'd draw a line here. 
but uh, I think they would be reluctant to get rid of him if if he expressed strong desire to continue to work for uh, Brian. You think Brian Johnson gets a coordinator position with another team in the league this year? Or you think he's got to go back to the quarterback coach? Good question. Uh, depends on what's open. Uh, I would say, yes, he gets a, another job. He may want to go back to college. Who knows? Uh, you know, he had a couple of head coaching opportunities before he took the QB job here. <clears throat> yeah. job. Yeah. You know, Boise State and South Carolina both uh, had him on their short list when they were looking for head coaches. So maybe he's decided, uh, yeah, that's where I belong. I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll find out. Uh, at P Damo, make sure you follow uh, Damo on X, Twitter, um, 33rd football team. You can read them there as well. WBCB, um, uh, his show with uh, Paul Jalowitz. Um, you can listen to him there all over the place. Retirement does not agree with Paul Jalowitz. You got a lot of stuff, a lot of irons in the fire. Um, you know, this is something nobody brings up and, for good reason. I mean, typically, it certainly seems like Howie Roseman is very entrenched in his job after the whole Chip Kelly debacle, but he did it once. Could he do it again? Is Howie Roseman on the clock as well as Nick Sirianni? Mm, he is not. Um, <laughs> our relationship is uh, more solid than any of uh, Jeffrey's little marriages. <laughs> Okay. I tried. He did it to Joe. He was once very close with Joe. He put uh, Howie on the other side of the building. Um, you never know. You know, when this that relationship may become threatened is <clears throat> Julian, his Julian. son. Yeah, Julian, yeah. getting older and getting yeah. wiser. And uh, Alec Hallaby you know, sits at the... Yeah. At the I don't think he's foot. ever going to be considered a football operations guy, but... Uh, He's a guy that, I mean, Jeffrey has always needed someone to bounce things off of to somebody next to him when it was, it was either Joe at one time or, or for the last many years, Howie. Um, when Julian fills that role, that's when Howie needs to be a little bit concerned about his job. Do you, either of you guys think there was any chance Alec Hallaby was leaving the organization? He, he was mentioned, and he might have even gotten interviews to talk to other teams about their general manager position. Yeah, you he got think- a couple of interviews. He got he got a second interview in Carolina, but they went with uh, Dan Morgan, the yeah. ex-great how linebacker. How many people did they have second in- interviews with? About 14? They, they, no, not with what, the What have, what have they done other than interview candidates for head coach and general manager in the last two weeks? <laughs> they, 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 had a, they cut it to like four or five per GM, and he was one of the five. Um, but, yeah, he's 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 young. He also, like how he came up in a non-traditional fashion, so, you know, people hold that against him. He's an analytics um, guy. Yeah. Um, smart guy. Ivy League, um, but uh, yeah, he's he's you know, how he never gave out the assistant GM title before he gave it to Alec and uh, John Ferrari as well. People forget that. So, speaking um, of speaking of dictating terms, I think how he was told that one. We we speculated on a bunch of how he dictating terms to Sirianni today. Oh, I think that was dictated to Howie. You're going to name an assistant general manager or two, and you're going to do so this offseason. And that's why that happened. All right. Even though I know you haven't had a chance to consult with Alex Salaby for the analytics of the upcoming championship games, 
What do you like, Damo? Are, are we looking at the two one seed, San Francisco and uh, Baltimore? Do you give the Chiefs a chance, proving they can win a road playoff game? Is the magic of the Lions going to continue? Who's in the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I, I think Harbaugh beats his, uh, his old mentor. Uh, I think Baltimore's in, and I think San Francisco's in, and I think Baltimore wins it all. All right, so we're looking at a uh, Ravens and 49ers rematch wow. from uh, years ago. Always a pleasure, Damo. Thank you very much for jumping in with us today. Appreciate it, as always. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Damo. Which 3013, jacobsports.com, uh, our bud. Who, off. Well, we, we'll get him on next week. The Hall of Fame conversation has to happen at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had a couple of guys. There's so much to talk about, though. It's right. There's so much Eagle yeah. stuff. We didn't get into it. Who was it? Oh, yesterday when we had uh, our guest talking about Eric Allen. That conversation needs to be had. And Damo's the guy who's going to yeah. present him. I've been screaming for 20 years now, Eric Allen is a Hall of Famer. And he is closer to potential induction than ever before. We'll certainly have Damo on again next week and talk about the uh, upcoming uh, debate as to who does or doesn't get in. Ideas McMullen on McDonald. You got Mac and Mac Birds 365. John just told you, Jeff McLean's going to join us coming up in just over 20 minutes from now. He's already uh, doing some reporting today. No, Jim Bob Cooter. Oh, I'm cut to the quick that Jim Bob Cooter isn't going to be the Jim Bob. No, Jim Bob. No, <laughs> Jim Bob. I... No, no, Tommy Reese, by the way, who got a job in Cleveland, uh, the ex. Alabama, Notre Dame offensive coordinator, quarterback. He's very close with uh, Nick Sirianni. So uh, the signs are pointing to, you know, Frank Reich's a little bit different because I think that would be approved by uh, Jeffrey and Howie. So maybe they can go that direction. But again, I don't know where Frank wants to go as a former head coach. Um, Maybe that's a little bit different. But the the small list of obvious Sirianni guys, two are already off. Mike McCoy is another one um, who I believe is Doug's passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach right now. Um, he's a Nick Sirianni guy. Other than that, those four guys and two of them are already off the board. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it will be. And it's funny that uh, I look at the sheet today. Show, and I'm I'm 100% positive this is the right number. Show number 686 you and I have done together. Today is show 686. It's funny what you remember. I remember the day you're telling the story about Jim Bob Cooter down at the Eagles. Oh, it's Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> what are you talking about? Jody, I'm telling you what happened yesterday at the... the uh, media session they just kind of came out of nowhere nobody so yeah he's been a Sirianni guy for a while according to Jeff McLean and we'll get more details on that from Jeff when he joins us coming up just about 20 minutes from now doesn't look like Jim Bob Cooter is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Eagles next year who will be McMullen and I will come back and dive more into that next here on Birds 365 
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac here with you on Birds 365. The day before, we get to hear from both Harry Roseman and Nick Sirianni. I asked this before the show started today. I haven't given an official time yet. I'd love to be able to tell the people that, hey, listen, if you're scheduling your, your day at work and you've got some flexibility in it, be available at this time if you want to hear Nick Sirianni and Harry Roseman. You don't know yet. You're thinking early afternoon tomorrow? Ah, uh, yeah. Let me let me look exactly what the um, description was. Um, midday will likely be midday. More specific time coming today, supposedly. So probably noonish noon. in that range. Twelve thirty, one o'clock, somewhere thereabouts, uh, and. Yeah, I asked this question of Damos. I'll put it to you, too. 
they just come out and I'm um, I'm assuming Howie goes first. Would you agree with that? There, you, you don't. Uh, they'll be up there things. together. They'll uh, be up they'll there be, together, but somebody's got to talk first. Who do you? Yeah, think it'll probably Howie. Howie generally, when he does these things, generally gives an opening statement, whereas Nick wouldn't. So Howie generally goes first. And I think that's exactly the way it goes tomorrow. And I'm just really interested to see the fact that everybody's going to want to ask about Nick and Howie. I don't know other than we met with Nick. We realized we didn't get the job done, underachieved, we had some issues. There are going to be changes, but, but I don't think at any point he will address the fact that Nick Sirianni's job did kind of hang in the balance as per what the meeting said and what he was able to do to assure both uh, Howie and Jeff that he could correct the problems that they had. I think they just completely move right past that. And Nick is under contract for two more years and they shouldn't. Yeah. I, and and, and, and by the way, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody looking, I said that pretty good. Anybody looking for a press release or a press conference that Nick Sirianni is back. No. You know, that's not how you do it. As you mentioned, he's under contract. You just sort of act like it's business as usual and move on to the next thing. Um, now, Jerry Jones, people point, yeah, but Jerry's a little bit different, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, typically, and, oh, by that coach is on his last year of his contract. Yeah. Mariani's got two yeah. more years. And to he's done that. He, that Jerry, Jerry's done that a few times with Jason Garrett, he put him on the last year. So he's done it before. Um, and Cowboys are a little bit different. So the points of the Cowboys and say, well, the Cowboys did it is not really relevant because they do things a little bit strangely. Um, you know, but Nick's going to get asked the question and, you know, there's going to be a million people there. So it's going to be difficult to get in, but somebody's going to ask the question. If they don't, it's going to be me. And that's, you know, are there any demands put on your coaching staff? And we're going to see how he hands handles it. Uh, Cause I think we all know there has, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles shake it. I can say, you know, it was very cognizant uh, sources uh, around the league were saying Nick Sirianni made the decision to fire Sean Desai. So they're already very cognizant of spinning it in a certain direction. Um, is do you believe that? I, I don't. I I not you know from the standpoint of Sean Desai, everybody knew he's going to be fired. That's easy. But uh, from the larger picture, does anyone believe he's going to be involved with the new coaches, the new coordinators? I don't know. We'll ask Jeff. That's one of the questions we'll ask Jeff. Um superficially he's going to be involved obviously but in any relevant fashion i don't know yeah nor do i and i think like you said superficially he'll be in the meetings yeah he'll get a chance to sit with the guy and then after the meeting is over he'll go out and howie and jeffrey will tell him what they thought and he'll shake his head yes uh that's why that's how i think it's going to go and oh by the way him firing sean Desai. Did he make the call? Did he probably have to break the news to Sean, which should not have come to a shock to him at all? No. Probably, but it all goes back to who do you think made the decision to strip him of his powers of defensive coordinator? If it was actually Sirianni, then he absolutely had to do the firing. If you believe that it came from above and Sirianni had his arm at least in part twisted 
yeah, that's just him being a good soldier and say, okay, I'll make the call. Uh, he shouldn't have had to if uh, Howie Roseman and Jeff Lloyd decided they need to make an in-season panic-like move of changing defense coordinators. They should have done it. I'm sure they didn't do it, but, and yeah, the spin got out that it was uh, Coach Sirianni's firing of Sean Desai. Yeah, that's because that's the way the organization wanted to paint it. That's how they wanted to spin it. So uh, I'm not sure that uh, Sirianni. Um, we're going to have Joe Santa Liquido on later on in the week. And Joe wrote a uh, really in-depth, insightful article on uh, Bleeding Green Nation earlier this week. And one of the things he said, and you'd get a grasp on this because you're around him. I don't. I'm not. Uh, that Sirianni is a coach's coach. That he appreciates those who do the job, not just head coach like himself, but all the guys on his staff and what it takes to put a staff together in the National Football League and the amount of work that goes into it. I buy that. Do you? Oh, that, yeah. Oh, that yeah. Sirianni is like the kind of guy that you'd want to work for. If you were a uh, coach under him, that he'd be the kind of coach that you want to work for because he'd go to bat for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, his dad's a coach. He's a coach. Family, he's a coach. Yeah, he's a coach's coach. There's no question about that, um, you know. And, you know, he's loyal to his guys. So, um it's got to be difficult. You know, he hasn't been forced to, to fire one of his guys yet. Um, uh, ironically, um, I think I said, if you're a betting man, I would say Alex Tanny's going to be one of the guys who scapegoated. There's a guy he's taken a liking to very yeah, now Let me, to, let me ask you about this. Cause you got a good grasp on this. Um, here on birds, three sixty five, you talked up Alex Tanny a lot. Uh, was it your opinion of just what you witnessed in practice? No, I, I mean, was, there's nothing to witness. That was right. all coming from. Um, there's nothing we can do to evaluate coaches as as reporters, um, especially position coaches. I mean, that's all beyond our scope. Um, we don't get to see meetings. We don't get to see how they interact with the players. We get to talk to them every once in a while. Um, and some guys come across, you know, very well and some less well. But, yeah, I mean, what during the Halcyon days, uh, which are, are already gone, you know, they were already thinking, well, Brian's going to get a job, and they're grooming Alex to be the next guy in line. And they're, you know, very – you know, puffing their chest out. How good are we? Shane Steichen's getting jobs. Jonathan Gannon. We have people ready. Brian Johnson's ready. Then we got Alex Tanny, who's a rising superstar, and blah blah. And it was all going to be the seamless transition. Um, and you know, the real real world gets in gets in the way. Defensively, yeah. defensively, it was a little bit different because he's not a defensive guy. So. Should they have probably stayed with Denard Wilson? Probably, but it probably would have been a, a little bit better. But you still would have had the personnel issues and it probably would have been slightly better. The, um, the Halcyon days come crumbling down pretty quickly. I yeah. like the way you put that. Um, but of the uh, of the spin that was out there that you guys in took, mostly Sirianni, the entire organization, anybody you talk to, you gather your information, however you gather your information. If Alex Tanny was this rising star, as you just put it, that's as per just Nick Sirianni or everybody in the organization? Pretty much just Nick. Every time 
Nick would bring up young coaches or be asked about young coaches, Alex would be the first name out of his mouth and uh, was really impressed with him. Um, and, you know, he, he's barely off the playing field, um, you know, uh, as a backup quarterback in this league. So yep. there's a, a leadership aspect to it. Um, and now, you know, the, the, the correlations between Press Taylor and uh, Brian Johnson are uncanny when you talk about the organizational perspective because with Brian, it was everybody. Everybody, oh, this guy's great. This guy's so bright. Same thing with Press. This guy's great. This guy's so bright. This is the guy who found the Philly special. Um, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, things go bad. And it's, it's like, all right. He turned into a moron overnight. You know, it's hard to take these people seriously. And I, that's why I look at Jeffrey and Howie in these situations and go, look, I've said, and you know, we've done how many? 687 shows together. You know, I, I think this is one of the best organizations in the NFL. And I'm not coming off that, but that doesn't mean they're perfect. Right. And this is probably, coaching is probably assistant coaching specifically they're just i mean it, they they just handle things poorly when they when they don't meet expectations I, along nice along those lines i'm going to ask you either spill and give us the information you got you can say off the record uh or i'm going to ask you to do some pretty healthy speculation how did go after the game against tampa either on the plane ride home uh, or clean out uh, stuff at the after the season's over and done with. How'd the conversation with Matt Patricia go? He was on a one-year deal. You know, I know, everybody knows that the contract was about to expire, and uh, they announced it as oh, Matt Patricia will be seeking other opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, well, that's Ooh. easy for them. You know, it's great when the contracts expire. When the contract is yeah. up, yeah, it, it makes everybody's life that yeah. much easier. Any conversation? Did he just pack up his things and go? Did he talk to Nick? Did he talk to Howie? How did well, go sure, as Matt yeah. Patricia was putting that 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 box of things in the back of his car after the Monday night loss to Tampa? I'm I'm very sure. I mean, Matt's been around a long time. I'm very sure he understood the situation, and uh, you know, he was put in a bad situation as well. I think people forget that part of it. Tough um, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think there wasn't much needed to be said, obviously, uh, as I said, he's been through the ringer, um, and been a, a coach for a very long time. So he understands how these things work and he knew we didn't know, but he knew he had a one year contract. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Matt knew right away that he wasn't going to be coming back, but, uh. Yeah, I'm sure you say thanks for your hard work and man, here's your big binder. Uh there's the door. <laughs> no. Wait, 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 you dropped the pencil. Hold yeah. on, Matt. Yeah, no, that yeah. didn't happen. Um and one of the NFL insiders, I forget my rap report. I'm not looking up to poke uh, anybody, but if I could remember exactly, I'd say I'm not afraid to poke anybody. We'll be one of the top uh, Yeah, that coordinated- was uh I think that was Tom, who I like a lot. Palacero? Do you think it was Palacero? But Ian Ian was 
Ian was Sean, and he also put a little uh, – uh, he's going to be in the mix for defensive coordinator jobs as well. Look, if for I, I anybody who doesn't know, for anybody who doesn't know, they're getting these information from agents, uh, mm-hmm. coaching agents. And to get yep. the information, you have to play the game. And part of the game is you have to make their client look good. Um, so you got to put the and Jimmy Kemsky joke that, you know, just give them your Twitter uh, password and let them do it themselves um, <laughs> because nobody's uh, buying what you're selling. Um, but that's sort of the reality of how that that's why they get the information they get. And plus they have a large platform. So understand, because a lot of people say, well, you guys, the local guys don't break any news. Well, they give the information to the national guys because it has the largest scope. That's why they do it. That's why they hand them the, plus if you're Jeff McLean or somebody like that, we're going to have Jeff on. Jeff's not going to play that game. If you have any credibility and some of us, um, value our credibility. Cling, cling to that credibility. Yeah. More power to you, boys. Uh, you're not going to put. He's going to be uh, uh, one of the top. Can you're not going to play that game. So there's two parts to that. That you know, there's a lot of media illiteracy out there in the world today. And oh, by the way, if uh, you need me on the record, my credibility is what it is. Um, I think they're over two. I don't think either Sean Desai who's ah, yeah. getting an offense, a defense coordinator position. But I, I would speculate that Desai will come closer than Patricia will. I, I think Matt. They, well, the, the one thing for Matt is if Belichick wants, but I can't even have faith in Belichick giving him a defense coordinator position. He made him the friggin' offensive coordinator before he made him the defense coordinator. And I know Mayo was already in that position and Mayo got the head coaching job to replace Belichick. So it wasn't necessarily open. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if it could be what you just said. Mayo was already there and he was so well regarded by the organization. Um, It's going to be interesting if Bill gets the Atlanta job. I think Matt's going to go there, I think, and it'll be interesting to see what position it, it will be. Um, but, um, but I mean, age is a part of it as well, and Sean's very young, and Matt's longer into his career, and, and people seem to be trending in the direction of wanting younger coaches. So I think from that perspective, Sean, Sean will recover, and you know, he'll probably have to go back to being a – a position coach or a senior analyst or something like that. And then maybe he gets another shot uh, down the road. And just one quick note on if uh, Matt Patricia gets a defense coordinator position with the Falcons, because Belichick's the head coach. Um, if I'm at the blank and I'm going to hire Bill Belichick, they went through the process. They talked to a bunch of different guys. It, it, it works itself out. The Belichick is their guy and they decide to do it. Do you not ask him now? Wait a minute. Didn't you fire this guy as your offensive coordinator? And now you want to bring him in here as your defensive well, coordinator? I think he says just what you said. Well, we had Mayo, and I, I wanted him on the staff. We were trying. He, he's a football coach. He knows football. I mean, if you're going to hire Bill Belichick, you're going to give him 
runner the ranch. You just so give them yeah. uh, carte blanche to what yeah. you want. Okay, yeah. we'll see if that's the way it shakes out. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are hoping to talk to Jeff McClain, uh, Eagles beat writer from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We haven't had Jeff on in over a year. Might be two, as a matter of fact. Uh, but Johnny Mac somehow talked him into joining us here on the show on Birds 365 today. Looking forward to talking to Jeff McClain next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here on Bird Street 65. McMullen McDonald and Jeff McClain joins us. Haven't had Jeff on in a while, and he looks like a guy who, much like McMullen and McDonald, just was out walking a dog. Do we have that right? Is that why you're wearing the hat, McClain? <laughs> I wear the hat in, inside, 
It's a little chilly in here during the day. It's cold we, out, man. The kids yeah. aren't here, so we turn down the temperature. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Man. Yeah. Save a few bucks here and there. All right, Jeff. Um, there's so much to unpack. Um, I guess we'll start. You reported, confirmed uh, Derek Gunn's report here that Brian Johnson will be out as offensive coordinator. Also said uh, Jim Bob Cooter was one of the names floated early. Uh, it won't be among the top candidates. Um, your perspective of, of these coordinator changes as a whole, to me, feels like scapegoating. Um, and I want to get your thought process on it and Jeffrey and how we have a history of doing this. Uh, and we don't have to go back very far with Doug Peterson, but I don't know. It seems like delaying the inevitable. If you're going to start saying Nick Sirianni, you can come back, but in place sort of standards and you have to do this, do that. Your, your thoughts. Well, I mean, I, th I think it's pretty evident that something needed to change on the offensive side of the ball. And if you're looking at the three main pieces on that side of the ball and you've decided that one, the guy who uh, came up with the scheme and is in charge of the team is staying, then there's only two. And then you have a quarterback that has a major contract devoted to him. So he isn't going anywhere. So that leaves basically one guy. Um, and look, I, you know, from what I understand, if you're looking at it and I don't think, all everything will ever always be unpacked. But as we learn here over the next few years, I'm sure we'll find out exactly what happened to, that led to the offense to, to go from what it was in 2022 to what it, what it became in 2023. But, you know, I mean, yeah, the play calling was a factor. Um, and, and I think some of it had to do with the relationship between, Brian and Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's probably not in Philadelphia. He probably doesn't get promoted to offensive coordinator unless it's Jalen Hurts. We, they have had an uh, existing relationship since he was four years old. Uh, Brian Johnson played for played for Jalen's father. Uh, they know each other well. But Brian also brought a lot of the you know zone read, RPR, RPO game to the Eagles' offense that accentuated Jalen's abilities. And, you know, those were successful for two years, but for some reason that element was not. So you can really point to um, Brian in, in that regard when you're looking for reasons why the offense wasn't, wasn't functioning as well in 2023. But all that being said, yeah, I mean, you know, scapegoat is a word I guess you could use um, because, again, it is Nick's offense. It's his scheme. It was Nick's job ultimately to come up and be a step ahead of these defensive coordinators that spent all off season looking at your offense and you have to be a step ahead. And I spoke to Nick right before the season of phone call conversation he had on his ride home. It was really more about how Nick was kind of hammered down on, on his players and becoming a little more uh, disciplined and how he approached them. But there was a quote in there that I, that I went back and listened to for my podcast that kind of like I, I, I wasn't thinking about it when I was listening to it, but now it, it just screams that he didn't do take the necessary steps. And he was talking about hammering down more on what the Eagles do well, as opposed to changing much. That really spoke to the problems that we saw on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I was going to bring that up before you jump in, Jody, uh, uncovering the birds, uh, Jeff's podcast, tremendous, get it where you get your uh, favorite podcast. 
uh, because I listened into that particular interview you're talking about, that phone interview, and there was a little, I don't know if you want to call it arrogance, but there was a little bit of honing down. Look, we're so good at what we do. You just improve that a little bit other than, you know, teams are going to adjust and we're going to have to adjust back. It, it, um, is that sort of what you looked at it in hindsight and said, ooh, I better listen to this again? Yeah. And, you know, it kind of, um, yeah, I've heard people use the word arrogant. Um, I don't think it's like Chip Kelly arrogance, but it was a, a belief in a scheme that worked very well in 2022. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really Maybe you should believe play. in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I kind of get that part. Um, but it just, it's a static offense and there aren't a lot of moving pieces. And I think if you just try and hammer down on that, it just doesn't look much different for defenses. So they can pick up on tendencies a lot easier. And I think that just started being a problem. Uh, but I, I don't want to leave Jalen Hurts out of the equation here too, because again, a lot of, a lot of what, you know, of course the big, you know, narrative on Brian Johnson is, Oh, he's going to call another screen and it's going to fail. Well, <laughs> as you know, guys, the, a lot of this offense is just based strictly. It's a very simple offense in some ways uh, based upon box counts. And if you're going to see a blitz, some of the answers were in screens and a lot of that was on Jalen to make those decisions at the line. And a lot of times he just would throw it out uh, to those screens. Now, maybe you can say that those screens should have been part of the answer, building answers to whatever play it was. But I think, you know, large reason why, you know, you saw the offense not function as well as it should have had to do with them giving John a little more at the line and him not being as effective doing that as, as they had hoped I'm glad you said that, Jeff, because that's been a tune I've been playing now for the better part of two months. What changed about the Eagles offense this year from 2022 to 2023? I think they put too much on Jalen Hurts' plate. And I don't know if it was Nick's decision. I don't know if it was Brian's decision. But they decided because it was very telltale for me. Two weeks in a row on his uh, offensive coordinator press conference when questioned about run-pass ratio, uh, Brian went into defense mode and said, you realize that when we come to the line of scrimmage, there's a built-in run option and a, a pass option every single play. And yep. it's decided that he's basically pointing at the QB going, don't look at me, look at a quarterback. He's deciding how much we run or how much we pass, which certainly grabbed my attention. Is that a fair after-season critique? May they said, well, paying him $250 million, we might as well let him sink or swim here. We'll let him decide what we're going to do on offense. Do you think that's a legit criticism? They gave him too much to do this year. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, and I guess it's understandable. I mean, you just paid this guy this amount of money, amount of money. You believe in him. Jalen likes to call himself a triple threat quarterback. You know, the third element being his mind. And and I think Jalen is 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 the bright guy. And I think that you know there are times when he does check the plays and when he does make reads. Um, he's doing he's doing it. Uh, at a high level. That being said, he's only 25 years old. Yeah. He's only been, uh, a, you know, everything came to him very quickly in 2022 to the point where he's MVP candidate. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to compare him to Carson Wentz, but I mean, you can see some similarities in, you know, Car Carson got so good in, in his second season, 2017, also an MVP candidate. And the Eagles in turn gave him a lot. Um, because he wanted it. And, you know, so there's that delicate balance uh, that you, you know, the line you have to walk between 
uh, entrusting your quarterback after you've given him a lot of money and, but also being like, Hey, you know, you're still young. There's still a lot for you to learn. And, and I don't think the Eagles probably handled that the way they wanted to. And I think, but I also think a lot of it falls on Jalen as well. This was someone that, you know, I had, you know, through various reporting over the course of the entire year had learned that um, was, was different a little this year um, for whatever reason. And I think he allowed it to get to him. He got in his head and it kind of filtered down to the rest of the team in terms of how the offense functioned and how, and how they behaved and how, you know, even when they were 10 and one, um, this was a team that just wasn't comfortable with themselves. Uh, you use that phrase delicate balance. So, uh, you know, let's be honest in the NFL, it's all about the quarterback and the Eagles have by their actions defined Jalen hurts as a franchise quarterback, Jeff. So, um, when you look at a decision to remove an offensive coordinator that the quarterback is very close with, is that a calculated gamble saying, all right, maybe this is a wake up call versus are we going to affect the psyche? And, and I think we all, those of us who've been around Jalen, even though he's very guarded, I don't want to compare him to Carson Wentz either because he's very mentally tough. I think he can handle it, but is it a wake up call? or an attempt at a wake-up yeah. call for Jalen Hurts? Well, I, I, I don't I don't know if Jalen's going to bat for, for Brian. Um, maybe this is something he wants. But, like, you know, when I, when I was looking, you know, after the season, I'm looking at the, the offense, and, you know, Jalen, you know, there was a report from ESPN that Jalen wasn't happy with the direction of the offense. Uh, you know, I'd heard at various points that he was not happy – with, with the way he was being utilized. But, uh, you know, he, he had a look in the mirror at some point. I mean, you have a scheme that's built around your abilities. For the most part, that's, you know, that's what changed everything for him in 2021 when they said, yeah. okay, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to, you know, and then they obviously gave play call on the Shane Steichen. But you have basically your preferred offensive coordinator in Brian Johnson. You have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You have one of the best wide receiver uh, partnerships in the NFL. You have a, a all-pro pro bowl caliber tight end you have Devon. So like, I mean, at some point Jalen, you know, it's not all on just Nick and the scheme and Brian and the play calling. So the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I don't know how much Jalen factored into the decision to fire Brian. Uh, I, I just think that they needed to change course and they need to bring in a new mind, someone to look at this offense and either completely change it and come up with a totally different uh, scheme, which, which begs the question, why even keep in Nick for that matter? Or bringing someone just to kind of, you know, give it a, a comb over and say, hey, this is what we need to tinker with and tinker not. But also, and I think this is important, is someone that Jalen isn't comfortable with, right? Um, you know, I think with when you look, if we're going to compare this to Carson Wentz, he was too comfortable with Press Taylor. Uh, a lot of people thought in the building by the end there. And look, in this league, at that position, you need hard coaching. Tom Brady got to hard coaching until in, in New England from Josh McDaniels to the day he, he left there, Tom Brady, and he wanted it. The best quarterbacks in the NFL want the hard coaching. So Jalen is going to have to get used to it because Brian Johnson was not a hard coach, right? I, I think that Brian certainly would point out mistakes in this, that, the other thing, but he wasn't hard, and I think you need that. Um, even in today's NFL, you know, when, when the players have more power and you have a quarterback that's getting paid that much money. 
And we have heard Sirianni say over the years, last couple of years, several times, Jalen likes hard coaching. Okay, but now I question Sirianni when he speaks because we know he blatantly lied a couple of times, put the company spin <laughs> out there. So I don't know whether to believe him or not when he said Jalen really likes hard coaching. Well, just just to interject real quick here. I mean, like he, he his father was on him all the time, hard on him, uh, and built him to, to have, take hard coaching. And Nick Saban uh, certainly yeah. wasn't, you know, he benched the, the guy in the national championship game. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, and, and Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma is is no, uh, you know, softy. So it's 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 not like Jalen didn't get hard coaching, but I think it all came to him so fast, the success. And look, there's a lot on this kid's shoulder. So I want to look at it from his perspective as well. Um, a lot of pressures that come with that position. And, and you know, and, and again, he, he, you know, he had success. I mean, he knows – you know, how maybe he can best be utilized. Um, but I think you always need that bad cop in the building. And I think maybe Nick was the bad cop, the Brian's good cop. But Nick's got Nick's got the whole entire team he's got to worry about. I don't know how much he was able to kind of play that role. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Jody. I was going to say on the defensive side of the ball, different conversation than offense because we know – Nick continued to tell us all year, it's my offense. Yeah, Brian, just going to put, but it's my offense. So that would be very telltale as to who they hire there. On the defensive side, do you think they just hire a guy rather than hiring a scheme? Now, the guy will come attached to a scheme, will know full well what type of defense he usually tries to run. But do you think the Eagles, after being as dedicated to Fangio as they've been the last several years, can just walk away from that and go, all right, we know we're going to hire a guy, and what he brings in is a scheme. That's what's going to become the Philadelphia Eagle defense. Yeah, you know, I'm of the opinion that you know hire the guy, not the scheme. Um, and and they became. We've seen when they've hired defensive coaches over the last defensive coordinators over the last how many years? It's it's been about the scheme. You know, Nick Chip Kelly brought in his his scheme uh, that he wanted from from college and. You know, Doug Peterson, well, I don't know if it was much Doug as it was Howie Jim. and Jeffrey yeah. um, brought in the Jim Schwartz because they wanted they wanted to get back to the aggressive type of front. And then, you know, it was Nick Sirianni. And, and I think they also wanted, the, you know, the En Vogue Victor scheme when they hired Jonathan Gannon, take away explosive plays, um, let teams run on you. Uh, and then, of course, you know, they wanted Fangio when Gannon left, but Fangio had already committed to the Dolphins. So they basically, they, they had, you know, Greg Schumann was basically the coordinator that they wanted when they went through the rounds of interviews last off season, but he stayed in Georgia at Georgia. So they went to Fangio and he was like, all right, if you don't, if you can't get me, me the next best guy I think is, is yeah. they hired Sean Desai based not exclusively off that, but certainly that played a role, uh, his endorsement. But now, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the first two names out there are Ron Rivera from the Jim Johnson School, right? And Mike Caldwell, again, played under Jim Johnson, plays, you know, a a little more of that type of scheme. I'd be surprised if either of those two guys ends up being the defensive coordinator, though. Really? Yeah, why not Schumann, Jeff? I brought that up yesterday. I'm I'm like, 
you think about you you have to rebuild this defense and the two pieces here to me the logical foundational pieces are Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis up front um and yeah. Schumann knows them and they liked them before and that doesn't even add in you're not going to give up on Nicobe Dean just yet you're not going to give up on Nolan Smith I thought Kaylee Ringo showed some nice signs, uh, potential signs for the future. I mean, they're loaded with Georgia guys. Why not try to convince him again? He's good. I mean, like he's good clearly, but like I would, I would be wary of of hiring a guy for, because of players. Again, we just talking about hiring yeah. Brian because yeah. of Jalen and what happened. You know, I don't want. I don't think you want to make those. But they liked him before. though. But they liked him. So it, it just happens to need, correlate. Yeah. And, and, but geez, I mean, that's kind of the, the risk of hiring so many guys from one or uh, from one program. Um, I guess maybe I would be careful about doing that. Um, I, I think these guys all need to be made uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, at, at that defensive coordinator position, scheme, intelligence, that's all very important. But you need someone also as well to have a certain type of mentality at that. And there has to be – you have to be authoritative if you're going to be given complete autonomy over that unit. And the two guys we saw that who do that and did it the best in Philadelphia over the last, you know, several decades were Jim Johnson and Jim Schwartz, in my opinion. I know there's some people in here didn't like Jim, and there were times where Jim had some bad games. But I think over and all, all in all, Jim Schwartz is, is a – very competent, very smart defensive coordinator. So to me, I, I just feel like you need to bring in someone that has that type of command of the room. Um, Sean Desai, smart guy, hard worker. But one of the things I had heard from players was like, they just didn't uh, think that he carried himself with a certain type of confidence. Yeah, And yeah. that, uh, yeah, again, Jim, Jim, in how the, Jim, how the, I always joked about Jim, Jeff. He stepped into the building day one, like he was a head coach. And that was a problem in 2016. You know, there were some reports of, and he had been a head coach. Um, and he right. had this presence about him. And even Gannon has this presence about him. You, you, you know, former defensive back in college, he had this presence about him. I didn't get that feeling with Sean Desai, but you could tell he's a really bright guy, really smart. He's got educational background. He's a good teacher. But if the players don't buy into it, it, it it's difficult. Did you get that feel with Sean Desai, at least a little bit? Yeah, I think that was part of it as well. Um, but in his defense, I mean, <laughs> you know, they were 10 and three when he got demoted. Yeah. Um, oh. They, and they, they were, were thinking about it before then, which is the crazy yep. part. Yeah. Yep. They started to take third down away from him at the bye. And, you know, that just uh, kind of reeks of hubris, if you ask me. I just yeah. felt like, you know, and then you had the gauntlet coming up and he won the first two games. Not very – didn't look so great doing so against the Bills. But, you know, they got – you know – I just felt like at that time it, it reeked of panic. Everybody felt it. The players didn't buy in when Patricia jumped in. Patricia was not the answer. Uh, this is this is a guy that just hasn't shown that he's been successful when not under the you know Bill Belichick's defense, right? Um, and then they whatever. We we don't have to relive that. I'm sure the people yeah. who want to listen to this don't want to relive, relive what happened on the defensive side of the ball down the stretch because it was it was among <laughs> the worst. It was the worst I've seen. 
it, in in Philadelphia, and we had some bad defenses. I lived through the Juan Castillo, Billy Davis years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had to go there, huh, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's not look back. Let's look forward because I'm very intrigued here. You said you'd be surprised with either Rivera and or uh, Caldwell. Schumann maybe too close. Uh, they've already got so many eggs in the Georgia basket. You want to put another one in there? Where do you think they are going to go? If not those three names, and they've all been pretty prominent, who do you think? Who's Jeff McClain's leading candidate to be the next DC uh, here in Philly? I wish I I'm, I'm so wrapped up in in finding out what's going on with the firings and all that stuff that like I you know I I don't spend uh, as much time. You haven't turned about the page yet, should, huh? Yeah, it's hard. Well, offensively, I think like an intriguing name to me would be Kellen Moore, but so you know one of the best names out there, still out there. But the question that, you know, Nick's going to have to answer tomorrow from us, and but also more importantly, um, when they're asking the question to themselves is, you know, am I going to take my scheme and, and keep it? And then we're just going to bring in someone to play call plays for that. And they're just going to bring some different elements to having kind of look at it with a clear eye. Or are we going to bring in someone who's going to bring his scheme, right? And we're going to run his scheme and I'm just going to kind of help in that respect. Um, that's the question. I mean, I, I think if it was Jim Bob Cooter, that would suggest that they're going to stick mostly with Nick's scheme. Yep. Yeah. But my understanding, I don't think Jim Bob Cooper's Cooter's, and I think, and that tells me that Jeffrey wants someone to come in that comes from a different school of thought, and they're going to come up with maybe elements of Nick's scheme and maybe elements of what uh, the scheme that this you know this guy. Uh, whatever uh, school of thought he comes from and on the de uh, defensive side. Um, yeah. And if they want Fangio or they want, you know, like Br Brandon Staley's, you know, obviously he oh, failed. Oh, oh, doubt, uh, doubt, but he yeah. has a good, but he, but as a defensive coordinator, he did yeah. a pretty good, pretty damn good job. Um, you know, like I feel like, and, and one of the players said this to, to me uh, just recently was like, we need some war horses. And what he meant by that was, and I, I'm go back again to the Jim Johnson type, um, that you're probably not going to have to worry about leaving to become a head coach. And someone that ha is authoritative, right, in, in that position. So, like, Kellen Moore, if he has success, he's probably going to leave. You're going to have to – you're right back to square one. You're going to have to work for a head coaching job or go – go through that again why not you know find somebody maybe on both sides that you're not worried about having to retain if he has success right someone who you know who's been through it and maybe just you know so i you know i don't know who that is um i, I don't the problem with that i think it's jim bob pooter oh like no they can't have him wow yeah well that's where the well, last I mean, one like, jim, jim bob yeah. was just did. He was mid when he called plays at the Lions. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the fascinating. I think Jim Bob's, from what I understand, a very intelligent guy. But when he yeah. had responsibility for calling plays, he wasn't that successful. Uh, at Jeff underscore McLean. Make sure you follow Jeff uh, on X, Twitter, uh, Inquire.com. Read him there. One of the best beat writers in the country. Never mind Philadelphia. Uh, Uncovering the birds. The podcast. Uh, tremendous as well you can get that wherever you get your favorite podcast 
So you you did say, you, you say you don't think it's going to be Jim Bob. I'm 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 with you there. Tommy Reese got a job in Cleveland. That's a Nick Sirianni uh, guy. Um, Mike McCoy is a Nick Sirianni guy. Frank Wright would be the most notable. I don't know where Frank is in his career. Yeah. If you go a different direction than that and bring in a name like you mentioned, a Kellen Moore, a different idea. At this, at that point, are you just delaying the inevitable with Nick Sirianni? Right. That, right. I, I, I mean, just, yeah, yeah. I was just about to yeah. mention that. Like that will also tell you if they, if, if like Nick, right, hires uh, Kellen Moore, then the questions become, well, if how successful they are offensively or whatever, you know, is that the guy who's kind of like there in case it doesn't work and they just want to be able to transition him into being the head coach. Now, Callum Moore's never been a head coach before, but, um, and if they're having success, then you, you know, then you keep Nick obviously, but yeah, I mean, you do open that door up, but I think whoever they hire for the most part, that door is going to be open. I mean, we're, you know, look again, new all OC, new DC, we want to understand we're talking about almost remaking the entire defensive side, uh, staff coaching staff. I think there could be a few more on the offensive side as well. So you're talking about, you know, six, seven new coaches, eight coaches. I mean, the, you know, obviously the Eagles weren't going to announce that Nick's coming back because they don't want to put, yeah, they don't make his seat any hotter than it needs to be uh, going into the next season. But uh, all the staff changes will say as much that um, his, you know, he's definitely certainly now on the hot seat in terms of what happens in 2024. But yeah, I mean, that's these these hires are going to say a lot. I think about where Jeffrey and Howie stand in terms of Nick's future. All right, Jeff, last one for me, rampant speculation I need out of you. Does Jason Kelsey's fan fanatical moves on weekends when he's not <laughs> playing, AKA this past weekend uh, as uh, why well, he watched his brother play. And I'm sure he's going to be in Baltimore again this week. Do you read positively or negatively into that, that he's still considering coming back to the Eagles. Will will <laughs> having as much fun as he's having give him more hope that uh, for the Eagle fans that he's coming back or less. Hey, this is great. I, I have to worry about working out on uh, Monday. I just can continue to get out and have a good time. Yeah. Where do you think Kelsey's at? I think it's Chris Long. Yeah. And Chris Chris Long had quote tweeted that and said, oh, you know, everyone thinks this is retiring Jason Kelsey. This is normal Jason uh, Kelsey. It's just normal. Uh, yeah. It's, it's more than yeah, well, it's more the younger Kelsey that I knew because I've trust me, I've seen it off, the, you know, outside of the Eagles. I've seen, you know, uh, I've seen Jason uh, behave that way. And, and a, I don't say that in a negative way. He's just the life of the right. party kind of guy. Um, uh, by what I've just what I've talked to Jason about, you know, um, and what happened in the locker room after the game. Um, he didn't say I'm retiring to the players, but he suggested as much and, and it was very emotional it and um but he said jason's always said that um so everyone assumed that you know he was telling them that he was going to eventually retire and, and the players were even telling that telling me that before the final game of the season um and 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 i wasn't going to report it i wanted jason to be the one uh to announce it uh i only confirmed what what had been reported um but he, you know, he he didn't want to make a decision being that emotional and how he's also felt physically. He never wants to make the decision right away. I think the fact that he went that far 
And he has always said, uh, under the advice of Howard Mudd and other people, that you'll know, you'll know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, when in doubt, don't. But the advice of Jeff Stoutland was always like, you'll know. And and I've had a number of indications that he knows. Um, That being said, the door's open. I mean, you know, he'll sit back. I think he'll watch, you know, follow Travis's run. Uh, I think if he had planned on making an announcement, uh, he definitely didn't want to do it while Travis was still playing. He didn't want to be a distraction. Uh, But I think he wants to, you know, do it the way that he had envisioned in his mind. And he deserves absolutely the the, uh, benefit of doing that. Himself. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I lied, Jeff. One more pledge, because I think retirement is uh, a, a potential bigger yeah. possibility than people realize. Your your thoughts on on Fletcher Cox? I, th- I think Jordan Davis kind of spilled the beans. And, yeah. and yeah. again, I heard the same thing before the end of the season was like, yeah, I don't think Kelsey and Fletcher are back. Um, and and that you know, I thought Fletcher had his best season in yeah, in, tremendous since two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, he had a very good season. Um, and after some subpar seasons for him, you know, it seemed like that he was just kind of sliding down a slope and just wasn't performing the way he's capable of. Still good, still good. I mean, the guy is just as physically gifted as any defensive lineman the Eagles have ever had, aside from maybe Jerome Brown. Um, I'm talking modern era. Um, so he could still certainly keep playing if he wants to, whether in Philadelphia or somewhere else. You know, but, you know, he's got interest outside of uh, football and uh, loves to fish. I could just see him just going away to his boat and never coming yeah. back and yeah. just spending his entire his life. But, you know, he'll go down, obviously, as one of the greatest Eagles in franchise history. Hall of Famer. Uh, he'll certainly, you know, deserve consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame um, when that time comes. But, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think this may be the last we see of Fletcher Cox as well. It was nice, at least for one day, for it to be Mac and Mac and Mac. We like when we get a triple Mac attack going. Jeff McClain, thank you very much for jumping in with us today. We will be asking for your presence again shortly. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, right, Jeff. Jeff McClain, Inquire here with his son, Birds365. All right, we got to come back. We got to put a bow on the show. But before we do, Birds fans, here's your chance to save up to 40% on your car insurance. You could do so right now with one of Jacob Sports' great partners. Here's what you do. Call managing partner either Jim or Fran and tell them you're a friend of Jacob Sports and Birds 365. Hi, I'm Jim Neilbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamite & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. up a Mac and Mac attack here on birds 365. I, we just shoot just about run out of time and didn't mention this for the first hour and 58 minutes of the show. You rooting for the Detroit lions now because of Zach Ertz, John McMullen, because of Zach Ertz, nothing like waiting until the last minute no, to get involved. No. I, uh, no good for Zach though. I, Zach's a good guy. I don't root for anybody, Jody. So, but, uh, I tend to in game. I tend to root for underdogs and and potential games uh, when I'm watching them playoff games. So I tend to go in that direction. But I don't know who's uh, obviously on paper. Um, Kansas City's an underdog, but you know how could you consider them an underdog with anything? Um, an underdog and, last week and beat the Bills in Buffalo. And uh, the, so the one significant underdog would be Detroit. I, I guess I'll probably root for them in game, but more because of uh, the fact that, uh, yeah, they've been crap for so long, and now they're on the cusp of uh, going to the Super Bowl, which would oh, be I, quite I the don't, score. don't think there's any doubt they're the people's choice this weekend. Right. That those who subscribe to the McMillan line of thinking, which I think there are a lot of people, more than half, as a matter of fact, when in doubt, for the underdog yeah detroit is the unquestioned underdog out of this particular group it's uh detroit has the underdog status and we'll see if they play it this week and we'll see if zach kurtz jumps in like i said just getting in under the wire could get himself a super bowl ring 
if the Lions can win uh, two more games in a row. And we'll talk more about the championship game tomorrow because we're leading into Sirianni and Howie. Certainly, that'll be the main topic of conversation uh, on Thursday after those guys speak. But leading into it, how much does the championship, uh, these championship weekend matter to the Eagles? Does Howie Roseman actually zero in on what other teams are doing successfully or does he just go, well, we're going to do it the Eagle way? Um, I'm, I'm hoping they're paying close attention to what's happening in the championship game. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Good show today, brother. Thank you very much. I'm back tomorrow. You in? Yeah, let's do it pre-Howie and, and Nick Sirianni, the pregame show. Birds 365. We will be back tomorrow for show number 687 right here on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.